0: This is the Addiction Recovery Podcast with Stephen T. Ginsberg, founder of Restore Detox Centers in sunny California. Enjoy your experience. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Addiction Recovery. I'm Steve Coffran. I'm here with Stephen Ginsberg as always. And today we have a special guest. His name is James Evans. He is the admissions director at Restore. James, it's so great to have you on the show.
1: Thanks, Steve. Thanks for the little intro, Steven. Glad to be here with you too. James, we
2: are thrilled you are with us. The admissions process is such an imperative part of this journey. And I'm so grateful that you represent Restore so well and you many times are the first and the only point of contact to someone as they are heading towards a solution.
0: And Steven, I mean, you've hired some great people at Restore, I love the team at Restore. I mean, it it feels seriously like one big family. Let me just kick things off by asking you this, like, what did you see in James when you hired him as your admissions director? And what do you value most when it comes
2: to James and and just his overall approach to admissions? A great question. There's two facets to the answer. First and foremost, James was a team member with boots on the ground at Restore. He was facilitating numerous recovery groups at Restore And I just saw the way he was connecting with people and his amount of empathy for the community. And James himself has a beautiful and miraculous recovery story, which is his to tell, but he's absolutely part of that trudge. And we started just slowly and surely branching him out to the recovery community as far as admissions goes. And I very quickly saw that was his highest and best use. And we transitioned him full-time to that position and the rest is history. And that's great. And,
0: and I can see that too. I can see that empathy. You know, every time I talk to James, number one, he's super responsive. Number two is just so easy and so comfortable to talk with. And, and I love that. So James, let me switch gears over to you. Somebody has been listening to the podcast and they realize, okay, I need to get help. Either I need to get help or I need to get this loved one help. What's the process to admissions at a place like Restore?
1: Yeah, so the process starts with calling in, um, you know, the, the line rings directly to me, I pick up the phone, um, really, the the first thing I like to do is, is just kind of assess the situation as far as like the level of crisis, like, where is this, this member at? Are they you know, are they safe or where they're at right now? Are they going to be okay while we kind of go through the, the admissions process? Is this a 911 situation where we have to move extremely quickly? Or is this someone who's calling for more information and they're planning on maybe coming in on Friday and it's Wednesday and we have some breathing room? Once I assess really, you know, what the situation is, then we hop into the insurance verification process because really, you know, our hands are going to be tied uh to to what somebody's insurance will allow them to do, right? Are they gonna even be a, a fit for restore? Is it an insurance we're able to accept? If it's not a fit for restore, then you know, do I have to get this person into contact with with another facility, somebody that we work with and, and stuff like that. So so really it just begins with with calling and touch and touching base with us. And then from there I just immediately go into problem solving mode and start moving as, as quickly as we can.
0: And it, it seems like in addition to all the other barriers, like the stigma, like the social stigma behind, you know, substance abuse and addiction or denial or fear of consequences or just lack of awareness, all these things, it seems like the biggest obstacle is the financial side. That's, that's just me speaking. I don't know if you agree with that, but what are your thoughts on on that comment?
1: So it, it can be, you know, it, it, it definitely is a large hurdle. We're fighting a fight and we are kind of really... We're allotted to help the people who are are able to be in our little corner of this fight, you know. And addiction is something that from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs, it's going to either affect somebody directly that somebody knows or it's going to actually affect them, the individual. You know, people get sober in a Mercedes Benz and people get uh, sober in a cardboard box and everything in between. And luckily, you know, I have I've I've created a, a really good amount of resources for most of that range. If there is the financial barrier between somebody coming in to restore, like I have resources to help people get help elsewhere. And then if the insurance is the barrier because um, some people are going to have HMOs, they're going to have EPOs, they're going to have PPOs. Some people aren't even going to know what any of that means. They're just going to know that they have it. Right. And so it takes somebody like me who understands that and can go, hey, you have a health net HMO. I know this facility over here that's closest to you. They can do it. Or this facility doesn't have beds available right now because I called and talked to the rep. But this one over here does. You know, I've, I've really kind of created myself as like a community resource and to be able to just help connect those dots for people.
0: No, I love that. And you know what I really appreciate about what Steven has set up with, you know, the whole culture and just the whole vibe with Restore is is just the customer experience. And I mean, obviously you exemplify this, James, in your work, but Steven, the question for you is during the whole establishment of Restore, you know, it seems like you focused a lot on like the, the client experience from the first moment where they call Restore, they make contact with Restore, all the way to when they're leaving Restore successfully with their program completed, you really invest in all these touch points. So, so when it comes to the admissions process, Stephen, uh, what kind of approach have you taken and, and what works well? Because it, it seems like some facilities, you know, you call up, if your insurance doesn't meet the criteria, it's like, okay click, hang up, have a nice day. Mm -hmm. How have you approached things differently to help people on a
2: more like holistic or more uh, grand level? I think in this respect, I've got to pay proper homage to James here. And James and I have always enjoyed monumental alignment, which I'm very appreciative of. James is that guy, if, if we can't help an individual, he is going to make sure we leave no stone unturned in getting the individual the help they need. And that in and of itself, which is a great reflection of James's journey, is indicative of our our philosophy and our focus and our culture at Restore. We are here to save lives. James is a humongous piece of that foundation to save lives. And everyone is on that same path. Everything we do a day at a time, an individual at a time, a facet of time at Restore is about saving people's lives. I absolutely love that. And so turning it back over to James,
0: it seems like a big hurdle, you know, as, as mentioning the financial side, when it comes to insurance and understanding, okay, does my insurance cover this or not? I mean, that just seems so complicated. How do you help people, you know, work through that process so they could get the help that they need in a time efficient and just, you know, just a ease of process manner.
1: So, what I do is I'll have somebody submit their insurance information to me, and then I'll submit that to our billers. And what they do is they submit for a verification of benefits, which gives us an explanation of what's covered, what's not covered. If there's going to be out of pocket costs, you know, what does the insurance company say that you are responsible for? What percentages are their co pays and and all that stuff, right? Which can sound like a lot. If it's not really explained, because it really is a lot. It took me a long time to really like learn the ins and outs of all this, but luckily, like I have our billers who explain it to me, and then I just translate that to the person. I, you know, can say, "Look, like if you do come to us, this is what it's going to look like for one week, two weeks, a full thirty days." You know, sometimes people have in-network deductibles and out-of-pocket. Sometimes you'll have out-of-network stuff, and I'll be able to translate what that'll look like at another facility too. If uh, you know, if I have to refer somebody to another facility, so I, I do my best to to really explain it as best as I can to someone, so they can understand what they're looking at. And then two, I know a lot of times people just, you know, get told what they get told and don't really get to learn the, you know, the why and the how behind, you know, what these numbers mean or anything like that. So I really try and take my time to explain that to someone because if I'm not the last person that somebody talks to because they have to go and talk to some other facilities, I want them to at least be armed with the facts moving forward to where they're not gonna get misled or get something explained to them wrong.
0: So let's talk about it from the parent's perspective. So let's say a parent has a kid, the kid needs to go to rehab, they're still underage. How does a parent know whether or not their insurance like covers these types of situations or does it? Like, does it cover minors that are on the, the parent's plan?
1: So I believe, and I you know I could be wrong. I believe the cutoff is twenty six or twenty seven. I'm pretty sure it's twenty six for uh, the the cutoff when somebody can no longer be covered by their parents' insurance because we we treat adults. I really know they're just that eighteen to, to twenty six. I believe it is. But so what I do is I get given the insurance information and just get it ran. You know that's something that we'll have to see based on the subscribers information and the dependents information, if they're, if they're covered.
0: So is there something that people should be asking their insurance companies when they're signing up for insurance? I don't know. I just signed up for a a health insurance plan and I'm like, okay, I like that deductible. I like this network and I'm good to go. I, I would never think to ask or my kids covered for addiction recovery.
1: Yeah. So to my knowledge, you would, you know, list the, the child as a dependent and then you would have to ask the specific questions about the mental health and substance abuse benefits to get those answers directly from the insurance company
0: that makes sense okay switching gears over to steven how does restore involve and support families during the admissions process and throughout the whole treatment journey
2: a great question and it's another it's another element where james and i will work communally with the community many many times as the approach is occurring and there's loved ones helping loved ones, there will often be times and I'm I'm very pleased and proud and I expect James at this point to continue to do this which he does He'll literally tell him, hey I understand the trepidation I understand your concerns above and beyond James is doing so much hands on footwork Steve he's getting things prepared he's clarifying this maze of insurance Many times he'll tell the families, the owner of the company who's in re- who's in recovery himself actually wants to jump on with you guys, kind of give you some, some elements and understanding of what the programming's like, what to expect. And he will segue myself in with the family, with the person directly or the loved ones. And that is really awesome because it takes a lot of the confusion, the weight off of it. And James can can continue to focus on the objective, which is how a person hand as quickly as possible. So many times people are in acute or subacute detox time to waste. But it's about fast tracking answers, giving people reassurance and them understanding it's all hands on deck.
0: Well, I love that. And I love that about James, is he's definitely a problem solver. And like we've been talking about, if, if he can't find the answer right then, like he'll go to work, find the answer, find a solution. And and that's really what I love about Restore is that the true mission is it's all about saving lives, right? And, and you know, you guys do everything you can in your power to make that happen.
1: 100%.
0: So let me ask you this, James, last question here. I remember when I was in my early 20s, I bought my first house and I, I was young, you know, and I, I had my own business. And I I just, I wanted to buy a house, but it seemed like the process is so complicated, especially being self-employed. You know, it's not like I had this W2 to show. I had like my financial statements and everything was just like, you know, all over the place. And so I just thought, you know what? I'm not going to get a house this year. I'll just keep renting because this is so complicated. I don't even know if I qualify. It seems like uh, such a burdensome process. And I put it off and I put it off. And then my brother is like, Hey, you know, it, it's actually pretty easy. Just do this and this and this, just connect with this person and go from there. And sure enough, it's like, I submitted a few documents and then next thing, you know, I was closing on this house and I bought my first house. So I think upfront, it, it seems like some processes can be really complicated and that could be a, a true obstacle for some people. So maybe you could provide just a little bit of reassurance of how easy it is to get help because- If I'm sitting at my home and I'm like, you know, rock bottom, I'm just like in the darkest place ever. And I'm like, I need help. It just seems like, ah, it's so much work to get help. So I'll just stay in my miserable place. Maybe you could speak to that, James.
1: Yeah, you know, and it's kind of funny because I've I've been on I'm now on both sides of that spectrum going through the process of of you know, you know, me now being seven and a half, almost eight years sober. I'm going through the process of of buying my first home, you know, and and going through the and learning that a lot of this is is easier than I kind of thought it was, right? Once I got in contact with the right person who explained everything. So I'm going through that right now in my life too. And I also I was that guy for a long time where, you know, I'd go to bed and I'd, you know, I'd call on God, you know, when when I needed some help or I needed to get out of this bind and I'd make all the promises that I was going to get sober and, and work on it and then I'd wake up the next day and I'd realize that I didn't have the means to really do it by myself or I feel I felt like I didn't have the means to do it by it myself and I would just keep on the way I was going for a long time until I really hit that point where I, you know, re- I, re- luckily for me, I reached out to my family for help. And then my sister, you know, she's the one who really put in the footwork, Googling places, calling places and, and talking to people. So I've, I've been there before. Right. And I think that that's what really allows me to excel in my position is I, I know what it's like to be there. And I know what it's like to not know and to want help, but not know what's there and so for me, I would like just like to say to, to people is, you know, I can't say that everywhere, everywhere that you call is gonna be a great program, but a a majority of the places you call are gonna be good or great programs. And there's gonna be someone who's like me or similar to me on the other side of that phone who is gonna go above and beyond you know, I do a lot of great things. I try, you know, I like to think that I'm super special, but I really, you know, my position and what I've created was very monkey see, monkey do. I met other really good people in the recovery community and I just emulate what I saw them doing, which is going above and beyond to try and help people and try and save lives. So, you know, even if your first call isn't to us, there's going to be someone who's going to be willing to help you. I can't say that it's going to be everywhere that you call, but there's a good amount of other people who are really doing the right thing in this fight so it it just takes taking that first step that little bit of willingness just barely cracking open the door and in reaching out and asking for help and whether it's a call to restore or it's a call to somewhere else is getting in contact with somebody who's in the field and that can just that little bit of willingness that opens the door could just open the floodgates and get you in contact with with who you need to 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 get you that help
0: No, and that's great. And I totally lied because I said that's the last question, but you just, but you just prompted another thought. If somebody is calling for help and they're just calling around, are there things like one, two or three things that they should definitely ask or definitely do their homework on before looking to be admitted to a certain facility?
1: Definitely. Yeah. So, one thing that is very personal to me, just because of my wife's story with her getting sober, definitely if you have insurance and you know you have insurance, ask, What does my insurance cover? Make sure that, you know, hey, I want to submit my insurance and see what my insurance covers. So that way you don't just get quoted some price for the stay and you, you know you, you never know you could have had insurance and you, you never know if a place does or doesn't take insurance definitely if you have it try to utilize it first definitely call around and check with a few places but what's what's super important i would say is a making sure that if you have insurance you try to utilize that first for coverage b you know if you have the ability or see if they're even willing like a lot of times get in contact with someone and they're just like hey i'm ready to go to treatment and they you know we move quickly and we bring them in because they're in crisis but if you have a little if you're if you're blessed enough to where you know you have a little bit of leeway before you come in like if a place is willing to give you a tour Of the facility to before you come in, I think that that speaks volumes. You know, there are going to be some places that just have a really nice website and are going to want to bait and switch you and and get you in there as quickly as possible. And I think if a place is willing to open their doors to you, whether you come to them or not, and we'll take the time to show you the facility, and hey, you can work, you know, we're always going to be here if you need help. If you need help today, 30 days from now, six months from now, like, we're not going anywhere, right? And we don't, you know, we don't need to drag you in the door by promising you things that are unrealistic, right? So we'll open our doors for you. We'll show you the facility. We'll let you meet staff. And if it's comfortable and if you think it's going to work for you, come on in. We're we're here to help, you know? But if you, you know, if you ask some place like, hey, can I tour your facility and check it out first? And they're like, well, no, I don't really want you to see the place. I mean, that's kind of a, a could be a red flag, you know? So sure. Um, I definitely think that there's uh you know that's something important that if you have the time to ask, definitely do that and then just make sure that the feeling's right who you're talking with and just just make sure that it feels right for you you know when I went through the process and I called through you know some and it did there's nothing wrong with larger bigger facilities but i've just i've talked on the other side of the of the line to to places when I was seeking help and it just For me, it just felt too like clinical and uh, you know, for, for me being an alcoholic or like a young partier when I was getting sober, it just felt too much like I was talking to a doctor's office Right, and then when I finally got on the phone with somebody who was like me on the phone, it just felt right. I knew I was talking amongst my own people, so I I went with like that gut feeling um, when I decided to go to the facility up here in in Murrieta and Temecula where I live. You know, when I got in contact with them, I knew it was the right place because I just talked to a guy on the phone there, and I went with that gut instinct. And you know, the rest is history. I've been sober for almost you know seven and a half, eight years now. So. Love it. I think that those are probably the three most important factors.
0: Okay. That's great. Very helpful, James. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your expertise in this area. I think you provided some really good insights for the listeners. I'll just say a few things and I'm going to turn it over to Steven to wrap up the episode. But if you're listening and you want help, you could always reach out to us at restoredetoxcenters.com. Go to our website. You'll get all our contact information. Also on the website, we have great tools like a couple of eBooks out there that will guide you through the process. And if you have any comments or questions, or you just want to say, hello, you can email us at hello at restoredetoxcenters.com. And then finally, I'll just say this, you know, cause some people are, are starting to take interest in this side of the business. If you want to get involved, if you want to look for ways to donate and get involved with our foundation, you can also send us an email. Hello at restoredetoxcenters.com to learn more about how you can
2: support this grander mission that we're on. Stephen? Steve, thank you so much. James, just kudos. Well done. Just a perfect job representing who you are, what you do, and and the hope that you provide just within your story and within Restore. And I just want to let families know out there, you may have some questions for James. You may want to talk to James. You may want to pick James's brain. Just contact us at the Hello Restore Detox Centers, and you will hear from James yourself. And that doesn't mean that you're committing to coming in to restore. We don't care about that. What we care about is that we make contact and that we can get to James's point, get that doorway opened, get some dialogue going, and either be part of the solution or help you find your way to the solution or someday be your solution. But everyone's life is at stake. That's why this is so imperative and important. James, that's why your role is so imperative and important. And Steve, as usual, thank, thank you from all of us for helping us continue to focus on the truth and the solution. Everybody have a safe and sober day.